I have a sense of prophetic urgency in my spirit this morning for this church. I believe there is someone within the sound of my voice and the sight of my face who is in a desperate situation. And you need a breakthrough in your house, in your family, in your business, in your spirit. You need God to show up in your life like never before. And you might even feel as if serving the Lord has not been profitable to you. And you look at things in your life and it seems like things couldn't get any worse. I believe we need to make changes in this house. How many of you would say I need a change in my house, in my spirit, in my body? The devil knows your address. But let me say this. God knows your address too. As you know, after 10 months, we've been in a transition in our student ministry again. It's a shameful thing that after a year of searching with committees in a democratic process, we 10 months later are without a leader for that area again. But God told me that what I've been looking for is already in the house. As I look around, I see teachers and Christian leaders and wonderful parents and people like Joe Smith and wonderful public school and private school teachers. And the Lord's told me that the miracle's already in our house. And we're gonna take this remnant of kids that we've got, we're gonna love them, we're gonna teach them to evangelize and teach them the word of God mixed with the spirit of God. And we're not gonna look outside of this region any longer for someone to fix the problem because it's not a problem. These kids are special and they're worthy and we love them and we've, they've got purpose. So our miracle's in this house. And as I told the parents this morning and the deacons this morning, I believe our answer's already here. And so I would ask for your prayers. Charles Spurgeon said that emptiness leads to eligibility. So if you're empty inside, that means you are in the prime position for a miracle. Did you know that God Almighty wants to fill that which is empty, that which is broken? When you feel like you've come to the end, that's when God moves in for a miracle. When you come to the end of yourself, the end of your strategy, the end of your ideas, and you cry out to Jesus, that's when the miracle happens. So my question is, is there any oil in your house? Is there any oil in your house? And by that I mean within this body of flesh, the temple of God, do you have any oil in your house? I appreciate strategists and structures and denominational people who think that their strategy is what makes the difference. We've tried that here. But I'm gonna tell you what we need we need some oil in the house. We need some oil in the house. We need some oil in the house. We don't need any more strategy, structures, traditionalism. We need some oil in the house. David would say, I've been anointed with fresh oil. And when you're anointed with fresh oil, you don't quit on your assignment. You don't believe the lies of the devil. Just like David, you get your fight back. 
You get your spirit moving in the right direction when you got a little oil in the house. You need a little oil in the house. 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have already in the house? What do you have already in the house? Look around you and ask your neighbor, what's in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing. Pause right there. The title of my message is something out of nothing. You see, demonic media likes to take nothing and make it something. But God takes something and makes a miracle out of nothing. And this lady, this widow had been married to one of the prophets. He was dead. Everything that she had was being taken away from her. It would be like filing bankruptcy, but there was no protection during that time. She was about to have to give her sons up to be slaves in order to get herself out of the financial crisis and spiritual crisis she was in. She was desperate. And she answered Elisha, who received the double portion anointing from Elijah, who was a miracle man, who walked in the double portion. She answered him by saying nothing. And then she says, accept, accept a jar of oil. Your Bible says that there's treasure in your house and this treasure has been deposited there so that the surpassing greatness of the power you need will be of God and not from yourself. We have this treasure, it says in Corinthians, in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. What you've been looking for, Abba's house, is already in your house. Elisha received a double portion upon Elijah's translation from earth to heaven without dying a natural death. When Elisha received this double portion, he began demonstrating the power of God with signs, wonders, and miracles. They have not ceased, my friend. Our faith may have ceased, but the signs, wonders, and miracles have not. When Elisha was faced with the crisis that was demanding a word of knowledge from the Lord, he knew enough to know that he needed the anointing of a worshiper. And your Bible says that the minstrel played his music and the spirit of the Lord came upon Elisha and the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation came to him and he knew the word and the will of God and he proclaimed it loudly. Every now and then you need an oil. Every now and then you need an anointing. Every now and then you need an experience with God. Not the ones you read about, the ones you experience. Not that contradicts the word, but that's upheld by the Holy Scriptures. Elisha left one crisis and entered into another crisis. I can relate to Elisha the last two weeks. Funerals and resignations and demonic attacks from deranged people who I don't even know. Never even had a conversation with them. One crisis to another, but yet he came upon a grieving widow. When I preached Wednesday night, one of our media 
staff members, Marty Brown, good friend of mine. He's always in the background. You never see him, but he's a great encouragement to me. Films my TV. We were leaving that night just a few days ago on Wednesday, and we were getting in the elevator, and he said, Pastor Ronnie, I could tell when you started preaching you were hurting. I could tell when you started preaching you were angry. But he said about halfway through the message, the Holy Spirit hit you, and you came back out on the stage at the end, and you prayed for a young lady that you noticed in the audience who'd been struggling with her health. And he said, I just want to tell you, when you did that, I said, that's my pastor. And I just want to say that it's difficult when people attack your wife and your children to be a man of God. It's difficult for my soddy streak not to come back. And I can't promise you that I can take much more of that at Abba's house. I'm just being honest. But I remember the God who called me. And I know the people he called me to love and to serve and to heal. And that's going to be my focus is the people that need some oil, that are hungry for a move of God. First, the desperation she experienced. If you want to be touched by God, you must get to a place of desperation. The reason the Lord allows crisis is because perhaps he wants us to shift our faith and focus back to him. Maybe our focus has been on other things. Desperation. Now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead. This widow had lost her husband. He was a man of God. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. Your Bible says there was a certain woman and that she was the wife of a prophet that had been enrolled in Elisha's school of the prophets. When the prophet entered the house, he could smell death in the atmosphere. There was nobody to greet him there. No one gave Elisha, the prophet, a proper welcome. No one kissed his forehead, washed his feet. And on this occasion, he runs into a lady who had just lost her husband. She had become bitter towards the things of God. She had, come, she had become disillusioned about serving God. Notice what she says here. Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he feared the Lord. She's keeping it real. Can I get an amen? See, we think we've got to use the King James language when we pray, and we've got to, oh, Heavenly Father, these and thous, and the people are attacking me, and blah, 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 and I know this is your will, your perfect will, your sovereign will, and blah. That's not how God wants you to pray when you're desperate. Basically, what she's saying here in the text is, why did you do this, Lord? I don't deserve this. He served you. He was functioning in the way you told him to function, and now he's gone. I'm broke, and they're going to take my sons. She was desperate, and she's keeping it real. She's crying out to God. She pours her spirit out. 
What came out of her spirit? Bitterness, disappointment, anger, fear. Time had run out for her. She thinks she has nowhere to turn. Can anybody in here in this house relate to this kind of desperation? Have you ever felt desperate in your life where you thought it was over for you? That nothing good could possibly come out of the hell you're walking through? The desperation she experienced. What does the man of God do when he faces the desperation of her life? He immediately begins dealing with her way of thinking. Please stay with me. Number two, the mindset she embraced. See, the enemy wants to come during times of crisis and breathe fear into your spirit. Put depression in you, heaviness, anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, doubt, resentment. The enemy wants you to respond in your flesh during times of disappointment. This widow, although she'd been through a tremendous crisis, she embraced the wrong mindset. She didn't know that she had something in her house. She thought she was out of everything, had nothing to offer. Some of you, the devil's told you, you have nothing to offer, but there's some oil in your house. You just haven't tapped into it yet. There's some purpose in your life. You just haven't discovered it yet. There's an anointing on your life. You just haven't embraced it yet. She had given up. But he begins to deal with her mindset by asking her two specific questions. First, what shall I do for you? She never answers this question. Did you notice that? She never answers the question because some questions are too big for a depressed and depraved mind to answer. Sometimes when God wants to work a miracle, we talk ourselves out of the blessing he's trying to pour out on our lives. The key, the second question, what do you have in the house? When you live in a divine house, it is possible to th think that something is ordinary that God says is extraordinary. That is what the anointing is. It's when God puts his super on your natural. It's when God affirms you and anoints you and accepts you and gives you an abundance, gives you everything that you need for the journey. What do you have in your house? All I have is this jar of oil. All I've got is this jar of oil. This jar of oil was the flask that her husband received while in the school for the prophets to anoint people, places, and things. And he witnessed the power of God move on this process. There are times when we live with something so long that we begin to see it as ordinary and we lose sight of how extraordinary it truly is. I've seen this for years in this church, and I mean no disrespect, but we have one of the greatest churches in the region of God. This is one of the greatest churches in America, and some of you have been here so long you don't even see it. We go other places and preach, and they respect us and honor us, and 
are so thankful for what God has done here. I have 86-year-old John Avanzini here who is a hero of mine the other night, and he texts me the next morning and says, Pastor Ronnie, I've been around the world in my 86 years. I've preached at a number of places, but the spirit in that church is unlike anything I've ever seen. He said, I think you're on the verge of having the greatest church in America. But some of you have become so jaded so casual with this place that you don't see the greatness in it any longer. And the areas we are weak in, you think you can fix it with your intellect when really what we need is your oil. You're trying to fix issues with man-made wisdom when God's calling for a little oil. What do you have in your house? You know, when God is ready to do a miracle, he responds to desperation and faith. The woman with the issue of blood that touched the hem of his garment, nothing could stop her from touching him. When people are down to nothing, God is up to something. When God is ready to defeat a giant in your life, he will not use someone else's armor but your rocks and your slingshot. When God is ready to do something supernaturally, he's not going to do it the way you think it should be done. He's going to do it God's way through the Spirit of God. What do you have in your house? We need to learn the lessons of the container and the content. The container is our earthen vessel and the content is the oil. We have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. And out of their innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Are you thirsty? Are you hungry? Have you examined your house to see if there's any oil in there? Number three, the direction she was given. This has to do with obedience. The moment you learn to obey the Spirit of God and the Word of God is the moment you'll receive your miracle. God is always going to ask you to do something in the process of the miraculous. He's never just going to fly down here and do it, although he can. You are going to have to, at, at a minimum, believe it and at a maximum move towards it. That's how miracles work. Then Elisha said, go borrow vessels at large for yourself from all your neighbors, even empty vessels. Do not get a few and you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into all these vessels and you shall set aside what is full. Elisha is increasing her capacity to receive her miracle from God because God is attracted to capacity and to demand. You will have what you expect to have. The response from Elisha was a revelation from Almighty God. God sent the prophet into her life to give her the revelation for her need. It is amazing to see the responses I get from people who come to me for a miracle. And when I tell them what they need to do, they don't receive the revelation for the need, and thus they never receive their miracle. Some things don't need a miracle. 
Some things require discipline. You keep eating the same junk, you're going to keep struggling with the same things. Don't blame God for your lack of discipline. You remember the story in the Bible, Jesus is teaching all day and the people didn't have anything to eat. And the disciples, they were students being taught by Jesus, asked him if they should send the people away because there were so many of them and they didn't have anything to feed them. And Jesus taught them a lesson on capacity and demand with a few fish and a few loaves and fed 5,000. He wanted them to know that their faith needed to be elevated so that their capacity would be as such that when they walk through desperate times, they will believe God for the miraculous in their lives. T.D. Jakes, early in his minister, when he moved to the Potter's House in Dallas and renamed it and all, he was needing to raise $200,000 for a ministry project. And when he got to the point of asking a potential investor to give that amount of money, he was really nervous about asking for that amount of money. Uh, the man told him, Bishop Jakes, you've come to the wrong person. And Bishop Jakes was upset and offended by the fact that he had prayed about it and felt like this gentleman was supposed to invest in the potter's house. And the man said, we invest in ministry projects, Bishop Jakes, but we start our investments at about $5 million. Call me when you need more than 200000 So in that moment, God increased the great Bishop Jake's capacity to believe. And I believe if we're going to have what God's called us to have, we've got to increase our capacity to receive. We've got to prepare for the harvest. We've got to be obedient to what God says. We've got to learn that the anointing oil comes on that which is unified. There are times when we need to shut the door on some things. It says that Elisha told her to shut the door. We need to shut the door on doubt today. We need to shut the door on demonic activity today. We need to shut the devil out today. We need to shut fear out today. We need to shut the voice of the enemy off forevermore in this place today. Sometimes we need to shut the door on noise, on noise. Number four, the participation God required. Verse five, so she went from him and shut the door and her sons and they were bringing the vessels to her and she poured. Your Bible says she went from him and shut the door and the bringing the vessels in, she poured. As long as there is capacity, there'll be flow. It's time to shut the door on all demonic activity, on religion, on anything and everything that's not kingdom in this place. It's time to pour out what we have. 
We need to stop looking to man to solve our problems and find what we have in this house and we need to pour it out. She had ran out of earthly options, but God gave her an endless supply. God wants us to participate in our miracles. Roll away the stone was man's part of the resurrection. Lazarus comes forth because of God's voice. But there is a participation required of all God's children in miracles. God had allowed this woman to be crushed so that she could discover what she had in her house. Sometimes the Lord will allow you to be crushed so you'll discover what you have in your house. Hit your neighbor and say, what's in your house? We'll keep coming back to that till y'all get it. What's in your house? I believe we have some people present this morning who've been crushed. You've not been able to discover your destiny because you were stuck in your history. You'll never be able to embrace your destiny as long as you're stuck in your history. You're not what you used to be. You're not what happened way back when. You are a new creation. You are a new creature with a new name, a new anointing, a new power, a new grace to carry you through difficult seasons. You have to embrace that. Don't be a person of history, be a person of destiny. What do you want me to do for you? What do you have in your house? I believe there are people in this church that need to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit of God. And I don't mean to judge or hurt anybody, but the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit that comes in your life when you're saved is not the same as being anointed by God and being filled afresh with the Holy Ghost. You have it in you, but some of you need a little something on you. And I'm growing weary with entrusting people hungry for it that don't have it. From now on, if you want to be a part of this team, you better have everything the Bible offers. You better be filled with the Holy Ghost and know how to call on his name and know how to pray and know how to advance the kingdom through the Spirit of God. I don't have time for religion or tradition or any of that stuff. Jesus is coming back. I don't have my calculator like Caldwell. But I've taught the book of Revelation and I know he's coming back. And I know he's coming back for a unified bride that's in revival. And I believe we're a part of that. But it's time to look within this house and find some oil. If we're gonna have what God's called us to have. I believe there are some of you that need that filling of the spirit today. That leads me to number five, the miracle God provided. We must shut the door and pour out what we have. It says, when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another. And he said to her, there is not one vessel more, and the oil stopped. God supernaturally met this widow's need. She discovered that what she had in her house was not natural, but supernatural. She was a container that was filled with the right content. See, God's given you a container, but he longs to give you some content. 
See, you can't take this container with you. You're going to get a new one. But the content remains. The oil remains throughout eternity. So I'd have a little oil on reserve if I was you. I'd have a little spirit moving in me if I were you. I'd know how to discern the times in which we live and know the difference between a fool and a demonic attack. The oil that you need, my friend, is the Holy Spirit. The only way to get the Holy Spirit on the inside is repent and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. When you repent, you are delivered from the kingdom of Satan, which has risen up against this church in this season, and you are transferred into the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit awakens your spirit, your imagination, unites with your body, and makes Jesus the king of your life and of your soul. You have a great treasure on the inside of you if you're saved. But I wonder if what God calls supernatural, you look at as something that's natural. This treasure of the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you will carry you, teach you, guide you, comfort you, give you power when you lose your loved one and you don't know where you're going to turn. You'll get through that season because of the Spirit of God. And when the storm comes, you'll be able to survive it. When the enemy comes, you'll be able to put on your armor and go to the war room and fight. When the crops are dry, you'll be able to sow. When you're weary in the race, you'll be able to finish. All because of the supernatural fresh oil anointing from God. I'm asking for a fresh filling for this church and for me in this season. I believe the answers to every problem we face are in this house. I would ask you, have you been crushed? Sometimes God requires a season of crushing to bring forth the oil. You must be willing to live your life in a tilted way, tilted towards the kingdom of heaven so you can pour out when you need to. I'm so thankful for his precious Holy Spirit that chased me that's changing me, that's comforting me, that's delivered me, that gives me the ability to do what only Jesus could do. It's the Holy Spirit. It's no respecter of persons. He's available for you today to be filled with fresh oil. I believe God wants to bring forth some oil. Would you bow your head and close your eyes all over this place today? What do you have in your house? What do you have in your soul? What is God trying to do in you and for you today? I believe with all of my heart, if you're empty, you're eligible for a miracle. If you're experiencing defeat and depression, God wants to fill you up with his precious Holy Spirit. I am believing in right now in the spirit 
God is giving us a capacity to receive more than we've ever received before. If you receive this, just shout amen. amen. I believe God is increasing our capacity. I believe God, for some of you, he's doing a fresh work with your content. As Dr. King said, the content of your character. I believe some of you, your character doesn't match the destiny God has for you. And under the sound of my voice, God is convicting you about your character, your shortcomings. We all have them, but some are under the blood and some are not. So if your character is hindering you from receiving fresh oil, you need to be saved. You need to be forgiven. If you need to be saved and you're watching or you're in the house, just pray this prayer with me. Abba's house, help me. Dear Lord Jesus, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Please come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and use me for your glory. If you prayed that prayer, you're born again in just a moment. I want you to come down and tell one of our pastors. If you want to talk to me, you can come to the next steps table and tell me about your salvation experience. But for the rest of you, I know before we close out this prophetic summit that you need oil. So I'm going to ask our staff to come down and make themselves available to you. I know they are weak and tired as I am, but I believe God's going to pour out an anointing. All, any and all staff people we've got that has this oil, y'all just come on down and be ready to pray for those who might need a fresh touch from God. Y'all spread out a little bit here. Hallelujah. They're getting oil ready. Stand on your feet, Abba's house. If you're watching at home, begin to cry out to Jesus and ask him to fill you up right where you are. The Holy Spirit will fill you up there. But if you're in the house, I believe you need a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need a miracle. Maybe you need power. Maybe you need the ability to forgive. The Holy Spirit will do it. And as we worship, I would say, come get you some fresh oil today. Look at what's inside of your house and give it to Jesus and watch what he does with it.